Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Let's jump into the ball pit and see what surprise colors we find. Monkey, monkey, jump in the ball pit. Uh, We're waiting for you before we broke up the charming. This hey, <clears throat> nice yeah. X-Men shirt. Thank you. I saw Logan. <laughs> yeah, I did, well, too. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. But what you're holding there is a Peeps Oreo. Oh, we're going to put pink. There it is. So, yeah, this is the Peeps limited edition Oreos. What, what ah, so the request for a what's going in my mouth <laughs> no. is uh, is transpiring. So uh, I what I know this turns your poop different color. What color does it turn in? Does it turn pink? Oh, I don't know. I haven't experimented with that yet. The lighter colors don't work as much yeah. as the darker colors. I, I will say there's a subtleness to it that you miss if you don't separate your Oreo. Hmm. Uh, if you eat it as just the regular cookie, in the cream filling, there is actual oh, yeah. f- full sugar, so it has yeah. a little crunch to it. Yeah, yeah. But you really don't catch it unless you're wow. s- doing it in parts. Hmm. I just object to peep flavored cream because mm. it's not peep. It's not the marshmallow. That well, part it, part of the joy of eating a peep is that blend of that sh- granulated, that finely granulated sugar on the outside, and that that tenderness of the marshmallow inside. You're wrong. There is no joy in eating a peep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that oh, that I was beg like to differ. Andy. Erotic <laughs> fiction eating of the. Pete, <laughs> I have the weirdest boner. Don't right you now. know that yeah. that eat, what part of the reason humans enjoy eating so much is because of the the pleasure that it, they derive from it? It's very sensual. Now you know when you get those like pink peeps and it has that bitterness in the sugar on the outside. Yeah, that little tang. They capture that in that cream. Wow, that's in there. Well, good for them. <laughs> All right, you are you are really. I I you know. You're I, offended. You're I, offended. I'm, I'm not offended. I just, it was not what I was expecting. Ah. I, was, I, I ate it expecting, ooh, this is going to taste like a peep between an Oreo. It doesn't taste like You just like wanted a marshmallow in there. Just marshmallow. Now, if they had done like an actual, like, like a little mini peep squashed between two like regular chocolate Oreo cookies. Oh, that's the other thing. That they're sounds the, way they're, too complicated for a factory they're, they're, of Oreo size. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking just like a little bit of... Uh, Okay, when you you know how they can print the colors and they can print designs in the cream in between. Okay, like they've done it in the past. Like you twist the Oreo off and you're like, oh look, it's, it's like a star or because they did it, I think with the Captain America Oreo a while back or something like that. Yeah, I love how experimental that they are. Anyway, so instead of the cream, they have a little bit of uh, that marshmallow fluff in between, and then they have like the color or the shape of a peep in the center. So you twist that off, you look at it, it's like, oh, it's a peep. And then it actually tastes like a peep between two chocolate Oreo cookies. However, these are vanilla cookies, and it's not what I was expecting. Maybe they just or had hoped an for. overstock of vanilla cookies, and they needed to get right. rid of them. Well, yeah. The, the, Who? They used to have those Oreo uh-ohs, which was supposed to be the reverse uh, Oreo, which oh, was the vanilla uh, cookie with uh, the uh, chocolate uh, cream. Yeah. Who sent us the cookies way back when? I'm I'm blanking on... Her identity. Who sent us the the cookie? the, the the cookies? We oh, got. The, the the art the, cookies. The the made cookies that had oh, our the sim- peng- penguin Jess Jessica. Okay, yeah. Jessica. Okay, well, Jessica, if you get a chance, could you please take apart <laughs> some Oreos and squeeze a peep between them and send them out? <laughs> That's not a lady's Because I don't think Jeff is going to be happy until shit happens. <laughs> I'm not upset by <laughs> it. Couldn't we just perform <laughs> surgery on a peep and do I'm this? not angry about it. It's just not what I would have. Had I'm wanted nor what I had hoped if for. If you're angry at it, I would be very disappointed. It wasn't as upsetting <laughs> as like getting coffee in your Coca-Cola. 
No? Because I've had that happen before, and it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> oh, man. Gross. I'm going to take a second one of these snowballs. Yes. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 378. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Dandy. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. Uh, of course, we are, are missing Matt. Matt had to go back to Canada. He'll Another be back one bites the dust. Next week. <laughs> That's going to say, uh, no, uh, we didn't lose Matt. Another He's one just, bites uh, the dust. Yeah, we know where to find him. But uh, yeah. So he should be yep. back next week. Until he hits ICE and they're like, unlock your phone. And, oh, And then shit. Matt gets all Matt on their ass. Oh, that And could then it's happen. just going to be a bloodbath. Oh, boy. It could happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, no promises. He's yeah. coming back, folks. But not anymore. Not we ex- anymore. Let's just say we expect him back next week. I have mixed feelings <laughs> about that. Because I've been reading about that stuff. And <clears throat> I think I've heard of like a couple of American citizens. Right now, I think it's brown citizens. But um, a couple of Americans have actually been at, at customs. They're like, open your phone. Uh, give, us, uh, give us your passwords and open up your complete phone. Um, and they've been doing that to they've been doing that to non-Americans coming into the country, just telling them they they want all their passwords and they want them F to open off. up everything. And your your normal constitutional protections don't apply because you're basically in a legal limbo when you're in the uh, uh, not technically America. Port. Yeah, yeah. You're at an <laughs> entry point. It is a no man's land. So it's not United States. It's not. You know, Canada, Mexico, etc. Right. Yeah, it's like being on the so, Mexican border. You're allowed to yeah. shoot over it, apparently. But now, my problem there is that those are American officials. Right. Right? So are we saying that American officials in other countries can violate our rights? Hmm. Oh, you mean you know, like officials, border can, officials like, from other I, I countries? Uh, Counselor officials. FBI or work, they don't work overseas, uh, but uh, CIA or you know, can they just come along and just start doing stuff? And well, it's CIA fine? is usually not so open about demanding exactly. your passwords. They just get it some other. Well, exactly. Know. I mean, the whole thing's weird. You know, yeah. and, and and why are they not open about it? So it's it it bugs me because they're spies. <laughs> exactly, and can they go up to an American citizen, Andy, and say, open up your phone? We're not an American, so you're not protected by your citizen rights. Yeah, I, th- I think it's wrong, but I also think it would blow their cover. Can they do it? I, I They probably can, and it sucks. You mean, you, like, like if, say, like so if you're, you're going down to Mexico? I'll make this simple. I'll okay. ask the question again. Can an American official violate our rights because we're not on American soil when we're overseas? I don't have the answer to this question. You mean when you're if over- there are any shock monkey lawyers out there who know international law? You know what? I, you know I, what? I, I, don't I, I don't think that's going to help right now. I, I, yeah, I don't think I, I want that I email. I don't think they can, <laughs> Kirsten, because yes, you're overseas, but you're still uh, you're still bound by constitutional protections if you're on another uh, another country's soil. So no, they. I don't believe which constitutional that- protections, American or. Because you're still a U.S. citizen, you have the right to cons- contact your consulate and have... I miss the hot I cookie know. talk. But yeah, you, you're, you're still the right to representation. So no, they can't just order you to do that. But they, they probably can, will. They probably can try, but they can't legally do it. They can legally do it in uh, border entry points because that's not considered part of the United States. And it's also not part of another country. Well, yeah. so so then you're you're not governed by constitutional protections in that entry point. 
So aside from getting stopped in Paris to open up your phone, what did you do this week? That was a gig, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, well, I went and saw Wolverine, or excuse me, uh, Logan, Logan on Thursday with uh, Big Black. Carl. Ah. All right. So Got to see Carl for the first time in a while. All right. So Jeff's seen Logan. Yes. Kirsten's seen Logan. Yes, I have. Have you seen I've Logan? I've not seen Logan, but it's also the first week, so we can't talk about that's it. That's right. That's a, that's kind of our thing. We'll talk I'll, about I'll it. I'll see it by next week. Yes, same here. I haven't seen it either, but I do want your impressions, guys. Highly recommend. Oh, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, it's not old man Logan as the comic. That was going to be my question. How it's, it's inspired how inf- by How influenced not, yeah, was it's, it? It's inspired. Okay. There's a review... God, was it io9? I think it might have been where they talked. They uh, their non-spoilery comment was a little bit of the parts of Old Man Logan they kept and didn't. Um, the exchange and the characterizations between Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman are outstanding. The girl Daphne Keene is fucking amazing. Hmm. Um, I yeah. read some reviews who are putting her on a level. With Natalie Portman, like in The Professional. Oh, wow. And I think that she she was incredibly good, and I, I definitely agree with the review in that this girl... Definitely talented ha- beyond her years. ...has a career. And this is the beginning of of something geeky, like every two weeks for the rest of the summer, right? This, uh, this, pretty much. This is pretty close to it. Nice. Yeah. What's the next big one? Iron Fist. Oh, I, I guess. I was just thinking movies, but yeah, I guess yeah. we include TV, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So uh, I just, yeah, it, you know, <clears throat> it was, and it was really cool too because it wasn't even a special effects, you know, CGI extravaganza. There's either. a little bit, but yeah, absolutely. It's very, uh, very practical. Like a lot of the effects are practical. It, there's just very much in camera stuff, the actors being actors. I yeah. will say probably the best performance. I've seen out of Patrick Stewart in a while, and that's saying that's a lot a, because he turns in saying that. amazing performances every time, no matter the material. So you're so. telling me a good screenplay that stays true to the character? Yes. Mm. If okay. you consider that Maybe this not. is kind of an alternate, you know, it's like an Elseworlds tale, basically. Okay. So it's they reference things that have happened in the past yeah. movies, but they don't rely on them, it's nor do sp- they. It's not a super spoiler to say this is 2029. Yes. Yeah. So this takes place in the not so distant future. Next Sunday, AD. And uh, shit has happened. Mm, yeah. And so, um, and, and yeah, Stewart is, Stewart, uh, one person, one reviewer called it, he felt that he was doing a little bit of riffing off of McAvoy's Professor X, huh. which a was a bit. nice touch. Hmm. I would say a little bit because he has great respect for McAvoy. And yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, so does McAvoy for Stewart. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, and, and you know, for me personally, it was really heart wrenching mm. watching a lot of the scenes with Patrick Stewart because is it spoiler to talk about what he's going through yeah, maybe, mentally? Maybe. He's he is old. He's old. He so. is old, and okay. and Stewart he, he's is, exhibiting some Stewart some symptoms of great, dementia, and okay. Stewart is doing a does a great job with it. Huh. So, so I should expect it to hit me hard like it probably hit you. Yeah, okay. I mean, because, you know, there's elements of it that were very true to what I have personally witnessed many times with family members mm. who have gone through this. And he talks about and, shrinkage. Yeah, and he mm. and he just does it perfectly. I mean, it's it's so true to what I have witnessed 
with my grandparents or my, both my grandfathers and now my mother. So just, I can't praise him enough for, for putting the time and the effort into looking into that. Jackman has plenty to work with. This is his, I mean, this script is definitely mm. his most, <clears throat> I mean, for the X-Men movies, it's his most in-depth Wolverine. And they both said this is it, right? They said this is their last. They both said this is it, but Jackman has, I think, kind of publicly hedged the bet in case they want to do any kind of Wolverine Deadpool. I think he said it's it's okay. his last Wolverine movie. Yeah. I don't think it's his last appearance as Wolverine. Okay. So, cuz okay. I mean, but Stewart he, said that's it for him. Well, yeah. Yeah. No. I think he said that. I, I but I also heard that he was Yeah, I think he's done. Mm-hmm. Would you say this is a yeah. uh, small quote unquote on the scale of Deadpool? That about that size of a picture? Or is it larger? I ooh, dude, I don't I I don't know if I would what do you mean by scale? Because I'm that's, not going to even. I'm going to sit here and say I don't even know if it's as big as Deadpool. Okay. What are you talking about? Scale. Say, say Deadpool is a much more condensed, a smaller film. This dude. This is actually. It has bits and pieces. It refers to a big time shit, some really big time stuff in the background. But in many ways, it really is. It really is just Stuart and Wolverine and the girl. With some stuff coming in on Gotcha. It. Yeah. So, so the majority of his interplay between those three characters. Is, yes. Yeah. And, okay. and, and Deadpool also very few characters when it comes down to right. the, yeah. the whole story. Yeah. So has Fox kind of created a, a niche for themselves? This is, this is the second R-rated, sm- smaller scale superhero film that has done very well for them. It, I would be happy depends. if they do like really quality screenplay one-offs like this. Because this, this was... Very, very well done. And it's difficult, too, because X-Men, in many ways, I guess they're defeated by the versatility of it. Because X-Men can do very, very small stuff. But you have to concentrate on singular or double characters to do so. But at the same time, it also can get very cosmic. Because, I mean, look at what we have. Marvel, because they're owned by Disney, they're not going to make rated R Marvel movies. Right. Um, DC, I don't see them moving that way. (laughs) Marvel touchstone. They're going to keep it dark, probably until they lighten it up or whatever, but I don't see them going R on DC just to keep that audience wide. That would be an interesting thing if Fox actually said, well, why don't we be the R-rated superhero movies? I don't know if they could... I don't know I don't know about a full-blown R-rated X-Men. Not, or, not the, yeah, know. but yeah, I, I can't... That'd be hard to do with so many actors, and at, mm. at some point, you've got to keep in mind that the overall superheroes, it's, you know, four kids and everybody. Yeah. So that's what PG-13 makes sense Which in that regard. Which is a complaint right. I heard on NPR was a guy, the review, I can't remember who it was, might have been Elvis Mitchell. So one of the reviewers on NPR was saying that it was a good movie, but it was brutal. It is. And, and uh... Well, it's, it's, and it's it, physically and, it felt, and emotionally brutal. And it felt really weird to go from this kids movie, kids movie, kids movie to this. And it's all in the same connected universe well, if you consider that it makes sense it watching the movie it makes sense the, the brutality of it because mm, of the sense. time yeah uh distance between things have built yeah yeah but well, sure we get that but those is throwing off the ordinary and it is it's true and you know and it's funny too because i think that's something superhero me- movies need is you know you guys got to get over this kid business yes. right absolutely but it's it's a hard sell but we but we've been working on that for 
30 years we've been, yeah. you know, they're not well, real kids anymore. Well, how, Deadpool, how hard to sell is it that it's doing this well? Yeah. Yes. It's doing well. Deadpool kind of opened it up. So, mm-hmm. right. and, will... and it's two different kinds of R films. Yeah. Deadpool is a comedy action film. Yeah. Right. And this is obviously this a deep, no dark, emotional film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's emotionally draining. Like you'll, you'll be, you'll feel like you got put through the emotional ringer. When you're done with this, I'm I'm glad uh, both of these styles have done well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just do, to show the way forward. I do yeah. want to say though, um, I know that there's there seems to be a lot of question from parents whether they should take their, you know, ten year olds to fifteen year olds to see this movie. Absolutely not. This okay. is this is R for a reason. I would say probably seventeen is the youngest I would recommend for this. Sixteen would be kind of pushing it. Yep. Um, but you know because. This is definitely not a kids movie. It is right. violent. It is bloody, and there's a lot of foul language in it. So mm. lots and lots. Um, but it's not. It's not gory for no reason, and it's it's not you know filthy language for not, no reason. It's, it's not gratuitous. Yeah, it's no exactly. It's not gratuitous. So it's it makes sense for the character. It's not it makes I sense for their the, grave. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. It makes sense for the character and the storyline, but this is definitely something you want to wait till your kids are a little older to take them to see this. So yeah, I'd go a little that is younger, but I would definitely, absolutely not on pre-adolescent. Mm. Yeah, because okay. I, I think I answered it online to somebody that had uh, asked a question, but uh, somebody wanted to take their ten and twelve year old to see it because they've uh, been they've been begging their parents to go see it, and I oof. said, "This is not the Wolverine you've seen in the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is Logan. This is not Wolverine. This is not X Men friendly Wolverine. This yeah. is this wait, is Logan. Wait so. a couple of weeks and, and, and take him to Gardens of the Galaxy too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. That that will be go. far more kid friendly. Absolutely. I like that. There's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, now. exactly. This, this, uh, so you know, for years we've poo pooed Fox. Mm-hmm. And how they've handled their Poop-a-fox. Marvel Universe stuff. Yep. Right? So I have to give kudos on this. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Deadpool and this? Yep. Okay. For not being a Brian Singer joint where he's, you know, <laughs> st- stepped in and, you know, taking the reins Rescue on things. making sure that the, you know, the script's done properly, that, you know, the characters are properly represented. It's It's a first for Fox where they've really, well, I guess technically a second because they let Deadpool or they let Reynolds and that team do what they wanted to do with sure. Deadpool without much interference. So. And, and well, and also there was a lot of pushback from upstairs on both these films. Oh yeah. And Deadpool nearly didn't get made at all. Right. And this one, they wanted, they thought the script was boring. This the, uh, the heads of production above. Right. That's that oh, yeah. big scale thing that right. you were talking about. So I, I hope the lessons are being learned. That's a lot to hope for. I was a lot of hope for, but I've I not, it's not a spoiler now. But there is a teaser for Deadpool too. Oh my at the beginning. god! I, that I was blindsided by. Like when it, it happened, I was like, "Oh my god!" And you the, can watch it online. I've yeah, already seen it. Yeah. Is this on the phone booth? Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. I've seen that. And oh my god, I could not stop laughing mm-hmm. the whole time it was going on. I need to go back and watch it again, just because apparently it's just loaded with Easter eggs. And and that and you look at it and you're just sort of like when it first opens. And he's walking down this ruined neighborhood. There is a distinct sense of, oh shit, the movie has started. Oh sure, yeah. And, yeah. and there were people in the audience who were like, no, and in the audience that uh, Paulette, Matt, and I were in, they, mm. they were like, no shit, oh, you know, <laughs> they were dying. Nice. They were dying. Nice. 
And there's a scroll at the end that goes by really, yes. really fast. Uh, really fast. And uh, it's the old man in the sea, right? It's not the old man sea. It oh. is a a critique of old man in the sea, oh. as if it were written by Deadpool. Nice. So I'm guessing there is some. From what I'm seeing in there, it seems like it could be a nod to Deadpool and Cable, the old man in the sea kind of oh, thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, but uh, but worth, worth uh, finding. People have transcribed it already. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. We'll, uh, we'll talk more Logan next week after Andy and I have seen it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. And it gives everybody else a chance to see it who might not have found the time this week. So that way we don't have to spoil it too early. Right. Mm. Uh, f- just the day after last week's show, I went to a toy store on the east side of town that I have not been to. Collectible toy store. It's been around for two years. Brad's toy store. Have you been there at all? Where is it? It's on Boulder Highway. Okay. Like between sunsets and uh, uh, Warm, nope, Springs? Warm Springs. Cannot picture it. It's, wow. it's its own standalone thing. This is probably the best toy store in town, guys. Whoa, really? It's amazing. I, I sent pictures of their two Funko walls to Matt when I got there. It, mm. it was glorious. This He's not Funko. kidding. It's like two, two full everyone. walls. <laughs> Yeah, but you don't you don't you don't fawn like Matt does. He's, yeah, he's, and, and it's defeated yeah. me because I started the Funko thing. That's right. You Matt have... Matt is the late joiner. <laughs> I'm the one who got rolling on that, and everyone's like, "Oh, Matt's the Funko guy." Really? Do you want to be the Funko guy? You know what? It's yeah. too late. This is organic. It has to happen, and it didn't. In Matt's case, it's just the. Uh... Well, Matt has nothing. You're Commander K. Yeah. You have a wide background of things to 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 yeah. draw from. You, you got a wide background. Matt is like. I'm Maple Leaf Matt. You can only, you can only dive in the Canadian. <laughs> I like wrestling and hockey. <laughs> <laughs> this place right. is full of He's treasures. He's going to hate me by next week. He's going to come like, yeah, He's not really even Gentlemen, I, I, I picked you up some treasures. I thought oh, uh, something you've probably forgotten even existed once what upon a time. This? Yes. I don't even know what this is. I got you all. Oh, my God. Yes, I, do. I remember these. The original Presto Magic transfers. Yep. Where they give you a transfer sheet and then you transfer it onto a background. Yep. I saved one for Matt too. I got one of the Sarlacc wow. pit. These great back to Revenge of the Jedi. This came out in '84. Uh, so Return of the Jedi. That's what wow. I said. Wow. Well, but it, to be fair, it really it was originally originally called <laughs> Revenge of the Jedi. <laughs> that still needs fact. To my uh, fact checking me. No, I was just gonna say uh, <laughs> it's funny because my original Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. that I had that I bought myself. Yeah. Had the sticker over the front with the picture, and it just said that if you peeled it back, you could see underneath where it had been printed on the actual cardboard mm. before they put the the sticker over the front, and it said "Revenge of the Jedi" nice. underneath. And I was just like, "What's this all about?" At the time, because I didn't know, mm-hmm. I was like ten. Right. So. We should Pre-internet. do a short film involving one Jedi who goes out and kills a bunch of imperials and entitle it revenge of that jedi mm-hmm. <laughs> if you remember what color forms were presto magic is that but permanent right that's what presto magic it's is. permanent so make your decisions wise but i, I is, don't i don't think the, i've seen it since the late 80s i it, think it's probably the no, last I time haven't. i saw it it's it the says, tattoo of color forms it says 83 <laughs> on here 83 so. okay mm. So I don't know if these are actually well, thank you. from 83 or a yes. reprint, and they just didn't no. uh, update the... These are the original Presto Magic. Wow. They, they don't can, make these anymore. They may not work at, anymore. They'll look at it, and they'll just be like, well, well, Photoshop, why don't you just Photoshop? <laughs> yes. yes. They could they, scan it and do their own Photoshop. Yeah, there, there are sticker apps on your iPad that you could do that does this, oh, but really? not permanent. Wow. So, but there you go. 
pre-internet fun for you guys. Coolness. Thank so you. So I, uh, I started creating uh, original content that I'm putting on Chalk Monkey's Lair. So there's another reason to go to Chalk Monkey's Lair. Original uh, content? Yes. Like what? You're, uh, I'm yeah. putting down my little notes on the uh, uh, Star Trek as I, watch, as I rewatch original series. Are you now? Yes, I am. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. He's enjoying the whole production order versus air date. So so far, yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 his analysis is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing it without going into the. I'm I'm not the minutia. Going, no, I'm not going into the internet to find my answers. I'm just like, oh, what? Who are these people? Are and why are they wearing Captain Pike's costumes? Are you waiting for Kay and I to school you on all this no. stuff? I'm not, gonna, I'm not schooling him on it because it's really funny. He 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 was. He's sort of like, is there a in-universe explanation for? It? No, no. Where no man went, gone before, uh, took place before. A uh, man know. trap. Yeah, there you go. Right, and that's why but, you have. But, but they, he's going to pursue it with delightful. I do like your your deliberate naivete. Yes, the way you're not going right. to to, and uh, you know because I'll go back later and find all that stuff. Yeah, out. Well, it's also interesting because you know everyone bitches. That they didn't go with where no man has gone before, the pilot episode. It wouldn't have worked. But you sit there and say, now, Firefly fan, Mm -hmm. they did the same thing with Firefly. Was Firefly's choice, were the the Fox execs' choice the smart one? Mm, No, it was wrong because (laughs) that blunts blunts the actual pilot. Because you know, I watched it. So where no man gone before is not a pilot that is important and can't be blunted by man trap right because the the sorry for anybody who hasn't seen firefly um the whoops the uh agent that that slips into the crew you don't know when you're watching the pilot that he's going to get that he's an agent why you don't know what yeah when you watch out of order it's like wait that guy wasn't in the last episode oh so it's all about him uh it's i mean certainly I mean, that order thing is it, that certainly what changes up yeah well and then i mean just for a little bit of historical background, the reason Man Trap was the first one aired, and I believe number four in production, was because it was the closest to being ready oh. to air of the newer... Um, and then I think originally they weren't... I have to double check on this, but I believe they weren't originally going to air where No Man Has Gone before. They were just going to leave it as a pilot mm-hmm. and just not air it. And then... Um, Man Trap was the closest ready to go with the different effects. They were having some issues initially with, um, you know, filming the model and doing the optical printing and mm-hmm. so forth for the space scenes. So they didn't always have them ready to go. Oh, Kay's gotcha. taking the picture. Taking I was like, picture. why are we? Yeah. <laughs> so that that's why Man Trap was the first to air. Yeah. And, and yes, it it suffers a little bit by by being shown out of order when you get those first couple of episodes in, but I think about when you get through about half the first season, mm-hmm. it they are all fairly standalone and don't necessarily build on there, but you have enough background built up that everything makes sense. Right. This is when you're watching them in, your, in, the, yeah. in the air order. It gets to the third one. It's like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, you didn't even mention in Where No Man Has Gone Before, Dr. Philip Boyce versus, uh, uh, you know, Where's McCoy at? Yeah, who was paying I, I, attention? I said, who are these people? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I guess you did kind of reference that, but you need to say names now, Andy. I will Name say names. very, very good observation. Don't sit on your phone. Oh, on the whole uh, Uhura Spock flirtation. Yeah, I didn't see that at in all the in the initial yeah. Uh, episodes. Yeah, yeah. I was. It wasn't until I was an adult that I started 
you know, going on. I was like, yeah, I think they were trying to do something here, yeah. but then just abandoned it. So I'll that, tell you the dumbest thing I, I didn't notice until this viewing. Okay. After watching it for however, well, since probably the 70s, early 70s. Probably because you're actively watching it. That's why you're not. The front screen, when they cut to the front screen. The view screen? Yeah. On the bridge? I, okay. I knew. I knew that there was a front screen there because they have to have cameras. Right. It didn't occur to me till this, 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 this set of screenings that that's a model. Uh, there is a model, mm-hmm. but there is also a practical bridge piece. It's full size because it, it looks very modelly in what I'm looking at. For the majority, that the bridge was built as a pie, so mm-hmm. like any of those sections could be moved in and out. So there's a, there will be a lot of scenes that you'll see where Spock's at the viewer and mm-hmm. the camera is right there. And if you look at a reverse shot where they're looking at his station, mm-hmm. there's no way they could fit a camera there. Same thing with the view screen. They primarily had the view screen piece out because they were constantly in the front. moving cameras in there and filming from the front or slightly from the side so you didn't see the view screen. But then they would do the same thing where they would pull out the back side of the set um, near the turbo lift and film from behind Shatner yeah. and behind Takei and then whoever now, happened to be in the right time, seat. Next time you're watching it, take yeah, a look. Yeah, I know what I you're think... talking about because there are bits where they just show the view screen. Right. And I don't know if it's model only because they have the full-size view screen because you will see in future episodes the very rare moments when people cross the view screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, nothing I've seen so far is across the yeah, view screen. And like, like Vernon and mine's one of our favorite episodes, the celebrated Doomsday Machine mm-hmm. with a really crazy, wacky William Wyndham, <laughs> actually has a Spock uh, Kirk cross in front of that mu- uh, mm-hmm. screen. view screen. So it is there. I know what you mean, though, by modelly. I It may be just a matter of the incorporation of the matte effect kind of like messes with perspective. Also, in Where No Man Gone's Gone Before, no I Man believe Guns. they used the older form yes. of the view screen, which later rounded. episodes will be the auxiliary control room yep. view screen. Absolutely. So, ah, okay. They threw away nothing right. for those three seasons. Well, they recycled Andy a lot of it. commented on that. Well, the uh, the Charlie sets from the oh no, someone else, someone else commented, commented that was the, yeah, but Char- but in Charlie, he's what Charlie X is wearing uh, wearing uh, Captain Pike shirt. Clearly, well, it's, it was the style from yeah. that, yes. Yeah. But I think it's one of my favorite episodes, Charlie X. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, for that song, but. why? Because of Shatner's prominent package when they're well, in yeah. the uh, the gym. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I just love this idea of unbridled adolescence in just being this uncontrollable power mm-hmm. yeah so that's it's just really fascinating to watch how they did that yeah but I'm and of course problem. the song i can't not like the song charlie's our new darling mm-hmm. darling darling <coughs> anything else you do this week guys uh i bought but have not yet had a chance to play it uh resident evil 7 i have played a little bit of did it. you play it yes i nice. did nice very nice resident evil 7 is the first Resident Evil in multiple iterations that I continued to play. That's good. Really? <laughs> yes. Every everyone I've bought in the past, he's played for like five minutes. Like, nope, can't stand the controls, can't stand the the scheme. I'm done. It's this is a whole new Resident Evil. Yeah, it is closer to uh, that 
PT, playable trailer that they did for Silent Hill. Right. Uh, but set in <laughs> what is basically Texas Chainsaw Maskerville. So it's mm. creepy, backwards, evil yokel cannibals. That's what you're you're dealing with, at least at well. the beginning. Uh, I, what I do like is that game teaches you how to play it very, very well. Okay, good. In the fact that it punishes you when you play it wrong. Like, like, so it's like, oh, almost in, I won't say to the extent of something like Dragon's Lair. Oh, I hated that. Right. Not, not so that, you know, you've left back, right. That's not kind of thing. But <coughs> if you decide to go ahead and engage and not run, it will punish you for doing so. Okay. This is much more a game of, of hiding, uh, shooting a few times, running, and then shooting a few times more, running and shooting a few times more. If you stand your ground, you're done. Yeah, right. the, the one, the first one I played was Code Veronica, I think, the yeah. one that's on the island. Um, yeah. yeah, and I remember the, there's there's no damn ammo. There's there's no damn ammo, and there's dogs and zombies everywhere, so you're always running away from shit. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the problem in this game so far, uh, the lack of ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say you will use up a lot of ammo because everything takes lots of hits. Ah. So... Bullets don't affect people like bullets affect people. <laughs> but I, I will say this. The creep factor is spot on. Hmm. It is a beautifully atmospheric game. And yeah, it, it's, it gives you the willies, as which I haven't felt from a Resident Evil game since the first one. Yeah, I've seen a couple of reviews where they talk about like, you know, it's like the hair was standing on their arm. Uh, while they were watching, they were getting total goosebumps, and one of them got said this basically the same thing: a chill ran up their spine when this scene happened. That they fortunately didn't spoil for me, but that you know they were just totally caught off guard by it, like they weren't expecting it, and it was just like ah, chill up my spine. Mm. It, it does suffer what a lot of really beautiful looking modern games have, and that is that everything looks like you could interact with it, so you try to interact with everything. Gotcha. Uh, so you that doesn't do a good job of highlighting what you can and can't interact with until you like cross over something that says, "Oh, X button, I can touch this." I both love and hate that because that like when I was younger, I used to get kind of frustrated with the fact that it was like, "Oh, well." I know the only things that I can interact with in this room and I want to interact with this thing and I can't. And, you know, so I, I, I love that aspect that it all looks and you, you it forces you to do more exploration. I don't like the fact that, you know, you can't interact with everything. Like, I feel like, and I realize it's a programming thing. It takes a lot longer. Sure. I feel like you should be able to interact with everything so that it makes you hunt more to find the things that you need so it's like you know let me search this crate oh this crate is empty let me search this crate oh this crate which is is, which is which is fine when you have the time right but when you're looking for a specific key when when old man shovel arms is chasing you i got you that becomes more of an issue of not knowing what you can interact with old man shovel arms the the dude comes after you with a shovel and he's goddamn brutal okay if if yeah this is a true Horror game, survival horror, finally, from Resident Evil instead of some action shooter that it's been for ages. Oh, yes. And I did uh, I did my first purchase of a game, not through Gamefly, just outright, you know what, I'm buying this game today, full price, that's how much I want it. Wow. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Uh, which is a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Uh, 
it's I'm not far enough to give you what the story is, but the setting that it is building is absolutely stunning. It is a post-apocalyptic world of some sort that has gone back to more of a tribal, ca- tribal, yeah. yeah, almost like ancient Celtic kind of feel. It's all a mm. uh, group of, of elders that run camps and. There's outcasts and all that kind of thing that's been gone forever. And return to like a mysticism to re- explain things as opposed to... So Ex- except for the fact that there are gigantic metal robots running around everywhere right. as animals that's, uh, that you take down. And it's an open world game from what I can see so far. It does a really good job of bringing you into the game mm. because it starts you off showing you as a baby and then moving through points in your life, connecting you to that character really well by the time she grows up to the point that she is the, your main character now. I watched a little bit. It is gorgeous, too. Like mm. that, not, not just like the way that it's rendered, but like the art design and um, you know the actual movement of the characters is very, very natural. I mean, it still suffers from like a lot of games where, you know, when a character is talking, the teeth don't quite look right, even though like the lips are moving properly, you know, but uh, like some of the eye movement was uncanny in there. Like I was sitting there watching like there's a there's a baby in one of the scenes and the baby's eyes are moving and it looks like real eyes moving in an animated character. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. But it's beautiful. It's a full nature setting. But when it shows you the technology of the world prior it was a very high technology, heavy, very futuristic sci-fi world that nature has overtaken because of whatever fell apart. And it's obvious that it's in England because some of the pictures that you see along the way, like, okay, th- these are some, some very British uh, set pieces that have been grown over. Yeah. So it it's happens in the real world gone off. So cool. I look forward to seeing how the story and it explains itself, but the setting that they're building, the, the story world that they're creating is very compelling. Nice. Nice. And the fact that they did this thing with the, the kid growing up shows me that's a very story-centric thing going forward. So I'm very excited to move forward on that. So two good games, and I'm still enjoying Watch Dogs 2. So, nice. And did I, you, and I, Dan Bell's watch, um, sorry, they're doing that. That's, yeah, Did anybody else watch any of the Santa Clarita today yet? Nope. Nope. Oh, man. Haven't had Not a chance. Yet. I really want to talk about that if somebody's watched it. Damn it. <laughs> Anything else you do, gentlemen? I'm going to take that as a big old no. Nope. Okay. That's all right. I want to do some emails, gentlemen. Let's get some emails. Uh, Mail says, oh, before I go forward, I want to remind everybody, uh, Geek Shock is doing the next Geek Shock live show on yes. April 1st. The Green Valley Library here in Las Vegas. Well, actually, I guess Henderson. Henderson, yep. Of course. Of course. So come join us because this is the episode that uh, Matt is supposedly still, unless he chickens out, going to eat the uh, spicy pepper. Ah, uh, yes. Right? Assuming I, I, gets, I believe I still have that somewhere. Assuming he gets across the border. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Assuming that all is well and he can come back and he's not <laughs> been barred from our country, which could happen in many, many different ways. But, uh, but yes, the Carolina Reaper, the, the hottest pepper known to man. I got my hands on one. He says he's going to try it. I, I will give him some rules. <laughs> I don't want him to go too far with it. It's, 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 it's no Chilean insanity pepper, but uh, sure, why not? What do you mean Let's it's see. no Chilean insanity pepper? <laughs> yeah. It's a Simpsons joke. Oh. 
I haven't watched enough Simpsons to know anymore. There's there's an episode where Homer uh, is at a chili eating contest, and Chief Wiggum uh, has stepped up his game to try to you know, because apparently he's a, a Homer is an expert, you know, what the best chilies are and everything. And anyway, so Chief Wiggum makes this chili with Chilean insanity peppers, which are supposed to be the hottest pepper in the world, and uh, Homer does something like drinks hot candle wax or whatever to coat his stomach because because oh, he I, I guess <laughs> tried a drop of it and you know chief wiggum thought he won so of course he couldn't let that happen so he goes back and eats a, a whole bowl of the chili and apparently it eventually wears off and it sends him into this whole uh you know uh, it's like like eating mushrooms he's in a you know dreamscape and going through about trying to find his his soulmate and you know okay. whether whether marge actually is his soulmate or not it's you know, he basically is on a trip. So, you know, there it is. Chilean insanity pepper. All right, little male. Ludmilla meat sluts. Ah. I forget which of you wanted it, but here it is. Oh, no. The complete list of the entire Cinematic Trek universe franchise sorted by original air date and or release date. I apologize for any typing errors or spelling mistakes. I'm sure I missed uh, one or two while banging this out. I've attached a color annotated PDF of wow. this info as well in case you fuckle shits want a digital copy for some reason. That would be me, and thank you. I'm not a member of the Shock Monkeys layer, but if you feel it needs to be there, feel free to either copy slash paste from the email list and freely share the PDF, which I will do happily. Wow. Uh, whatever you guys think is appropriate. And screw all y'all. Enterprise was far and away the best of the franchise. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. That, that is a bold statement. Whoa. I understand where you guys are coming from with the botched revisionist history claims, but as someone who just watched the entire series from start to finish, I can tell you that the side references and subtle plot callbacks to the original series episode references explain and justify 97.23% of those false flags you guys, <clears throat> Paul, have raised. Especially anything involving Klingons, Khan, Vulcans, Dr. Noonien, Sung, and or Augments. Champagne handies and caviar blowjobs, the Thomas. See, I never uh. I never had the Enterprise hate that other people had. I actually, probably season two through four, I really, really enjoyed. And even season one, um, there were... The best way I can describe it is that there were some really good Trek moments... In, in several episodes that were interspersed with some kind of okay episodes. So it was like, you know, you'd have this really awesome moment. Okay, it's like, you're like, oh, that's totally Trek. And then you'd have kind of a, eh, it's okay episode. And then you'd go back to like, okay, that's awesome. That's, you know, but that that's my opinion on it. Um, I really enjoyed all four seasons of Enterprise. I think had it not been on the ill-fated UPN I think it could have continued on for another two to three seasons. Um, the only solace I take for it getting canceled is that the two people that were responsible for canceling it eventually lost their jobs because they could not program, uh, they could not get programs that people liked, and then they ended up merging the U- UPN with the WB, and now we have the CW, CW. which Yay. which you know has the DC Universe stuff, which I yeah, love. That's working out. Mm. So, Thomas, wow, thank you yeah, for, great. for putting this list together. Uh, that's lots. generous. Yeah. So I will share that any way I can if I 
don't want to put that on a Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, we'll put that on a Facebook page or two. Uh, male gentleman, my daughter, 10 years old, Mara Jade. Nice. Named after the Star Wars EU. However, what? because her crazy strength and gymnastic skills, I've always used the nickname 23. Or X-23. Wow. Mm-hmm. With the new movie, she is glad that she does not have to explain to retards, her word, not mine, which character is on her favorite shirt. Last year, for Halloween, we did the costume, boot, claw, and everything. Not my best work, but okay. Thus leads me to my problem. My wife has never read a comic book in her fucking life. She knows both her children are on the geek spectrum and has made peace with that. Uh, why she picked out my X-23 Killing Dream trade and read it is beyond me. Oof. It brought, me, brought about the following conversation. Wife. Oh dear. oh, dear. Yes, did you dress our daughter as X-23? Me. Yes. Wife. Isn't she a vampire assassin slash whore? Me. Well, sometimes. Wife. <clears throat> you dressed her as a whore! Me, don't forget vampire, assassin, time traveler, and sometimes thief. The conversation went, how do you say, south after that. I love that. You dressed her as a whore. Of all the things that were wrong with that, that's the thing she picked out. (laughs) Needless to say, my wife's tone and verbiage was less than complimentary. Question, how do you explain to a non-geek the joy and complexities of the characters in the Marvel or any geek universe when their first taste may have been askew. Mm. Like the poor kids that pulls episode one off the shelf and thinks Star Wars must suck. Thank you, the Shadow School. Well, Oof. first, the, the sad part is that most kids who pull Star Wars one off the shelf don't think Star Wars yeah, sucks. I think it's great. Yeah, exactly. They so think that, the old ones suck. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the stinger there. I don't know. Myself, I've... I yeah, it's I I never really try to explain things because it's just like, and I don't know enough about X twenty three. I am the same way. You know, it's to, not like I can say, anything. oh, you know what? Instead, show her this. Yeah, I don't right. have that. No, I don't. Yeah, you, it's definitely one of those things you kind of have to increase the sample size and and hope that she gleans the the core of the character versus one element that was presented in one story or two stories, et cetera, because a lot of times they'll jump in and out of the timeline. So at one point she probably was not a whore and was, you know, the ninja assassin, et cetera. Whereas, you know, if that's what you're focusing on, (laughs) you might might not be able to let that go and absorb the other material. But it's so American. It's just like, Okay, she kills. She's an assassin. She's you. You said she likes sex. <laughs> she fucks people. Uh, oh boy, it's funny. But but even so, if, if, could I point to, to somebody who already dislikes a character because of something they read about that character and it's I'm in just, its natural habitat? I'm kind of surprised that was the focus, not like the she's an assassin. She kills people for a living. <laughs> it's the, oh, that, 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 that speaks back to what he said about yeah. Americans. Yeah, it's, you know. I, it's, I think it's a hard one to get past. Um, 
I'd almost say go with another book for a while. Find stuff you think is, you know. Yeah, there are X-Men X-23s where the character is part of the team and stuff. Yeah. I really don't know anything because I'll be honest, the Logan movie is the only time I've ever even mm-hmm. liked the idea of the character. I mean, it's quite clear. It's like, well, we're, you know, we're, we're diversity. So we're going to take characters and, you know, we'll make this one this and this one that. We'll make Thor a woman. We'll make Wolverine a woman. And it's obvious that's where they're going. So I've been like, whatever. I don't really, I have no interest. Who are we um, to judge? <laughs> yeah, but the sure. movie the movie is the first time I was interested in anything. Show her Kyle Baker's Why I Hate Saturn. Uh, I'm sorry? We talked about this before. No. Kyle Baker did a book called Why I Hate Saturn. Right. That is not is the least punchy in the face comic book ever but it's still got some of the weird comic book elements to it sure i don't think it helps in this case though because it's not trying to, he's not trying to make his wife more geeky she he's trying to find a way to say that no i'm not this explain character. x23 see, yeah. no i'm see i'm not i'm i see i'm off so I'm, I'm trying to save comics in general not just gotcha. that character yeah, you can always show another comic you can show bone or or blankets or, or, or something go. along those lines to change <laughs> right. anybody's mind on how the media get her some works. ed the happy clown or oh <laughs> the boys <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Um, <laughs> don't don't show her sex criminals though. No. She probably. Fl- <laughs> yeah, I I I do. I don't know enough about the character. I really to, don't. I yeah. Um, let's throw it out to the to the shock monkeys out there. See if they have any ideas because yeah. they don't know the character idea. well enough. Yeah, throw it on the if the shock monkeys layer. If if you have a a suggestion how to how to help them with this uh, the shadow scoop Dilemma. of this issue. Yes, because. Uh, yeah, because I'm trying to think back to even things that I didn't like, and once you have that flavor, watching others doesn't seem to help it. For example, I mean, bad example, I hated the first Leprechaun movie. Always have. And I would be hard-pressed for anybody to say, no, I give us the other ones a chance. You just got to make... You, they're, they're funny. They're goofy. Kind of approach them with that angle. Or even more so... Uh, probably even a better example is the Fast and the Furious series. Okay. Because I saw the first one, I'm like, eh, okay, I get what it is. I get why it appeals to some people, but it's just not for me. But I know plenty, plenty of people say, no, 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 you got to go like the fourth and the fifth one where it goes off the rails and it's crazy and it's amazing. And, and I get where you're coming from, but I already have that negative mm. feeling well, toward mm. it that is probably already going to color what I watch. I got passed by distaste of Punisher when I actually did him, right? <laughs> so there you go. There is that. So yeah, I I I I understand where she's coming from in in a way, but it almost speaks to last week's question of uh, what uh, what did you hate and then for no good reason and then once you yeah, it enjoyed it, it once you once you tried exactly it, you liked to it. it. Yeah, I don't know. You probably know more about X twenty three, and is if there's something re- more redeeming, I don't know it. And you know, I hate to say it, but it might be a losing battle. It might this might not be a a thing that you can redeem. So let the Wookie win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's move on to news, gentlemen. Uh, we got more email, but we got to continue on. But first. Uh, but first, no, 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 no. But no, no, no. first, news you don't give a shit about. <sighs> oh boy, this one, this is probably good for some people. Okay. For some people, this is perfect. Some people they say this is what I need in my life, but for me, I, I couldn't imagine a deeper hell. According to the LA Times, 
Sinopolis, the world's fourth largest cinema operator, is installing playground equipment inside some of its theaters. Nope. Oh. <laughs> no. God. <laughs> no. Nope. In the theater itself or yeah, in the I've lobby? Seen, I've, seen, I've seen the pictures. In the movie theater itself. In no fact, I've already way saved, in sa- hell. saved a picture of the theater. I'll probably use it for Let this Let me episode. describe you the hell that this is, Andy. So you have your normal seating. Mm-hmm. And off to, uh, in the picture that I saw, off to the right side of the theater. At where the, at where the you bottom. usually have those, at, at those well, this, this picture I saw, it went up like the entire length of the movie theater from oh, wow. from just past the screen to, so you know those seats that nobody likes to sit in on the right hand side because you're kind of at an extreme angle looking at the screen uh-huh. they've replaced that the entire length of that with the uh mcdonald's playland style jungle gyms with you, you crawl through and they've got the slides and they've got the, the weird where bubble we put windows the we and then the ball pits and stuff yeah that is the hell that he's talking about right now no. and it has like this uh, like this fake greenery astroturf bottom yes uh, the fence with like uh, rocking toys and stuff on there just, so a place where kids just, can run around just the noise and the squeals and the that's right what i'm saying in front oh. of the movie theater right in front the concept called uh, sinopolis junior aims to make the movie going experience more fun for kids uh, right now, only two locations in the U.S., both in Southern California. They're set to debut on March 16th in conjunction with the release of Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast remake. The concept of meshing up theater and playground is not new, first appearing in Mexican theaters in 2014. From there, the concept spread to Spain, Costa Rica, and Guatemala. According to the report, bringing the concept to the United States meant turning down the volume a bit on the reckless fun of childhood to conform to the stricter uh, playground safety regulations the the U.S. for putting a playground into an existing movie theater does not come cheap at $500,000 to transform the theater into a little Chuck E. Cheese. Do we know the actual locations? All I know is the two they're working on is in Southern California right now, but Mm. they're looking to spread it. Uh, so It'll come here soon. They're, they're, you know, they're trying to get more kids in the seats, or beanbag chairs and ball pits. And see, that's what I don't get is because up to a certain age, in most cases, the kids that would play on these jungle gyms are typically free admission to movie theaters. It's like eight and under, I in many theaters, it's like free, or maybe it's even younger now. They're but, trying to get the moms to come. Well, I, I guess, but here's the kid would probably rather go to the one with the playground in it. I'll I'll give you one of my hell stories and why I don't like this. So I I don't know if many people know this. I like to go to late night movies because I like you know the quiet and most of the people that go to later movies are really drawn into the film, which is a kind of audience I like to see films with. Uh, there was one late night film I went to once that there were parents. And I don't mean just like one set of parents. I mean like multiple sets of parents that had brought their children with them. And in varying ages from infant in, you know, the carrying, the little carrier. Okay. Mm-hmm, all the way up to like a three or four year old. Wow. The parents with the three or four year old were letting the kid run up and down the aisles for the entire length of the movie. Now see, there's a ball pit. He could have just stayed in the corner. There he isn't a ball still pit. will be making noise. <laughs> The ball pits have been limited. They're not putting those in playgrounds anymore. <laughs> the other one Get extra was, time in the ball pit when you've been good. I don't know if the, the, the infant was colicky <laughs> or what. But or the movie's the, bad. The, <laughs> the infant was crying through most of the film. Yeah. 
And I'm just I, I I sympathize with parents that really want to go out and see a movie. I understand, but come on, You're ruining it for the rest of the audience. I have to assume they're doing it in smaller theaters and warning people. I will say the picture that I have again. I'll, I'll use it for this episode. It's a pretty big theater, and Man, it's a pretty it's big little play oh, area. You know that it's going to be they're they're going to be warning people. They'll oh yeah, this, they're, they're they're special theaters just for this. Though I'm going to show kids movies in this. That idea, ones, ones you might not even see, and I'm sure the like Beauty and the Beast will have the adult theaters, and then the ones for the little kids with the playground. So it's not like it's going to be foisted on us, right? No, you know, across the board, there'll be big yellow warning labels. Yes. Yeah. Do you want the the Cinekids version? Uh, oy. Can we combine wow. the worst parts of Chuck E. Cheese and the movie <laughs> exactly. going experience? Here, here's an awesome picture for you, Andy. Uh, just oh, good to kind of give you, uh, you know, just just so he can see. Sure, I, sure, I think sure. I p- described it fairly well. No, yeah, yeah. Hell on earth. That's Jesus how you Christ! There's a slide running down them, but right into the fr- into the front of the screen. Yes, the kids are going to be running in front of the screen. Oh, in addition, it's, it's to designed I, to be run in yeah. front of the screen. Like I said, welcome oh, to your God. own you personal watch, hell. You can watch the movie and watch your kids. When I was a wee fellow, we had the movie. We had the playgrounds in front of the screen at the drive-ins, yes, but they see? were below the level of the screen. Yes. And they turned off the lights when the movie started, so nobody went down there anymore. Sure, and you had your own... Yeah, you you had your own speaker. (laughs) I would be fine with that. So what are they going to do? Make us all wear headphones in this theater so that we can... I would do that anyway, frankly. Also, they're the... So we can actually hear the film? Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Bluetooth, bring your own headphones. They better be the full-on surround headphones. The 80s Jeff movie theater chance. (laughs) (laughs) Then you don't have any warning when a kid jumps on your spine. Oh, Jesus. The last time I watched a movie inappropriately with a kid, that didn't come out right. Wow. (laughs) Let's hope it came out. Wow. Uh, (laughs) I want it on the record that I did not make that statement. No. You didn't get dog walked with a kid. It's okay. Take two, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I went, uh, during college, I went to go see Candyman. And in that theater, a couple had brought their eight-year-old kid with them. Now, if you haven't seen Candyman, that's a very heady but very gory mm-hmm. horror film. Yep. One of my favorites of all time. Right. But this kid was basically crying through it because an eight-year-old cannot handle the bees coming on the screen. Hell, the I can't handle the bees. So Killer bees. I, yeah, that still sticks with me, watching that kid's childhood drain away in mm. a matter of two hours. So Wow. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, come on. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Disney is in the early stages of exploring a potential reboot for Tron. Jared Leto is in talks to star. This is apparently not the Tron Ascension project that was stalled the past few years, but instead an all-new take on the Tron story. Uh, Justin Springer, uh, who co-produced Tron Legacy, is attached to produce the proposed reboot if it moves forward. Assuming Leto signs on, he will also have a producing role on the project. I don't know. Um, See, I didn't think Legacy was as bad as everybody else no, did. No, I didn't either. But I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I think there was just too much time in between. There was, and it was its own kind of soft reboots of sorts. Yes. I mean, yeah, even though it was, I guess, a direct sequel because it involved Flynn and such... Well, that's, that's the, the whole thing about the soft reboots is that they're, you know. Yeah, so this was this one uh, apparently will be a whole just new kind of story in the Tron universe. So 
I don't know. Even though it was a fine, quote-unquote, movie to me, I don't know if I want another Tron movie now. It's yeah. it, it, That last one didn't make me excited for, ooh, I need more Tron. Well, and that last one seemed to kind of wrap up the whole universe in a neat little bow. Sure. So it, it's, like, it's like, okay, so the whole point of this was to kind of open the door for future sequels, but the way they ended it, it I, I should say the way they ended the film was it kind of felt like, oh, here was a story that was started in the original Tron film, and this is just a continuation, but the story's over. He's freed the people, he's he's freed the system, and yay! There you go. Nothing more to say. That's that's how it felt to me, anyway. What the original Tron had, I wish I had more of, is the game grid. Yeah. yeah. I want to see a lot more game grid. If, if you have Jared Leto is sucked into a computer and must be a living player in a video game multi-universe at the behest of the MCP, I might be in for something that simple. And I, I could be happy with that. But, but, you know, but, would, but the last mm. one being this whole like, political crosses and, right, yeah. and varying philosophies, I don't think that's what I want from Tron. You know, I honestly think it'd be better off as a TV series. as if, you know, a, a Well, he did one, right? Yeah, the... Did they really do a Tron TV series? Yeah, yeah it was an animated. Um, I actually have some copies. Paul was of that. a big fan of it. Okay. I remember him him going gaga over it. Tron uh, crap. Why can't I think of the name here? Yeah, Tr- Tron crap. That's the one. Tron crap. <laughs> so yeah, so, it would be a name. So it, it depends which way they go with this, and who knows if it'll even happen. That's the last movie didn't give them a lot of money, especially compared to you know Marvel numbers that they're getting now. Yeah. So. Special effects were better, but you know that'd have to be. Uh, news Tron you don't give uprising. a shit about. Tron uprising. Okay, that too. News you don't give a shit about. Lion's Gate is currently developing an eighth film in the Saw franchise. Good God! Called Saw Legacy. Yeah, here's the story description. Saw Legacy will begin with the bodies turning up around the city, each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. As the investigation proceeds, evidence points to one man. Jack Kramer. But how can this be? The man known as Jigsaw has been dead for over a decade. Or has the apprentice picked up a mantle of Jigsaw? Perhaps even someone inside the investigation? Unquote. Uh, They go on to say that neither uh, Costas, Amandalore, nor uh, Carrie Elways will be returning to the franchise, but that Tobin Bell will be back in, quote, some capacity, unquote, which probably means not a big role. Uh, Saw Legacy has already been written. It was written by Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger, duo behind. Thank you, thank you. Behind Piranha 3D and Piranha 3DD and Sorority Row. I'll be directed by uh, the Spearing Brothers, who previously brought us uh, Undead, Daybreakers, and Predestination. Undead was a good movie. Uh, I haven't seen the other two. Is it supposed to be a horror comedy then? Because both the Piranha films I enjoyed. But it, they knew what they were. Sure. There was that horror comedy. I have to say, thing. I really like that first Piranha 3D. Yeah. Piranha 3D is yeah. a great, goofy horror movie. Right. Piranha 3DD, not so much. But uh, yeah, I mean, it still has the humorous elements. It and does, but it outrageous. really pushes it a little too hard. And it has it the, tries the, really hard. Piranha and the second three one has the double hoff. D. Yes. Yeah, that that kind of gives you what the humor is okay. in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Weekend Geek! Yay! I am a happy wow. otter. That was quick. There's just a few things as compared to the rest of this 
I have so much news. We're not going to get to near any of it. No. We'll but get hey, to what we get to. We'll get to what we get to. This was the uh, news that sent to me Elizabeth like at the last moment. Thank you, Elizabeth, for putting this uh, by my eyes. Uh, this was confirmed by the NME. Disney has confirmed that Indiana Jones 5 is definitely happening and set a release date of July 19th, 2019. Wow. Mm. Harrison Ford is returning to the title role. Spielberg is directing. The pair last teamed up for 2008's Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall will serve as producers. Disney's chairman, Alan Horn, said in a statement, quote, Indiana Jones is one of the greatest heroes in cinematic history, and we can't wait to bring him back to the screen in 2019. It's rare to have such a perfect combination of director, producers, actor, and role, and we couldn't be more excited to embark on this adventure with Harrison and Steven. Wow. It's been previously reported John Williams will score the film. Spielberg has also said George Lucas will be involved as an executive producer. He also reassured fans that Ford's hero will not meet his maker in Indiana Jones 5, saying, quote, I think this one is straight down the pike for fans. The one thing I will tell you is I'm not killing off Harrison at the end of it, unquote. Are there any scenes where he flies a plane? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope there's no scenes where he fly, flies a plane before this movie. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, actually, for Indiana Jones, that would kind of be perfect. <laughs> Well, he flew the plane in in Last Crusade and was passenger in the plane in Raiders, so I don't know. We'll see. Oy. That man in planes. So, yeah, we're getting an officially new indie two years away. Which is kind of funny because he's... Harrison Ford is actually, by all accounts, a very, very accomplished pilot. In fact, uh, my yeah. dad has trained him. Uh, my dad... Well, my dad d- teaches ground school and does simulator training in Wichita, Kansas, which is where a lot of training, especially private pilots and professional pilots, uh, takes place. And, uh, of course, one of the clients for the company my dad works for was and is Harrison Ford. So he has done some simulator training. And we haven't heard of this before. This sounds right. Retconned. It didn't. It didn't occur to me until we were just now talking about Harrison Ford and planes. So I, I just, I, for some reason, I didn't. Wow. It didn't jump into the forefront of my thoughts. So, now, of course, I'm, yeah. I'm after you know, Crystal Skull, I'm a little, uh, no. but uh, I will give it another go if you are, sure. uh, Steven. So. Yeah, yeah. That is scary. <laughs> I guess Kurt Russell is also a pilot. I don't think my dad has trained him, though, but I know that he's. Yeah, but you He's don't hear about Kurt Russell, you know, yeah. near missing planes and, right. dive, and diving into golf courses. I, I, well, I, I suspect Harrison's problem is partially that he does puts in a lot of hours, so he has more chances to screw up. Well, and partially because he's it, flying weird ass planes. Well, it, that is part of it. Part of it is he has a very large collection of antique planes. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the, the the crash on the golf course. They said that that was the best place he could have put that plane down because. All of the other locales that he could have set the plane down, and the fact that he did a controlled crash mm-hmm. was 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 excellent at all. That he had enough control to put it down at all in one piece. But all of the other places he could have put it down were residential areas and would have caused a lot of injuries and possibly deaths. So, so yes, that one you know mechanical failure wasn't his fault. Uh, the most recent one though, where he set down on a, a a taxiway versus an actual runway um that happens frequently does it oh yes that's terrifying 
it happens it doesn't happen with the larger jets but it does happen frequently with small aircraft and uh i'm glad i got out of private piloting things <laughs> I, I took lessons for a while and and got to the point of soloing and then had a really bad near miss and, and said I, i'm done I'm really yeah i didn't know that yeah i knew that you were about to solo and then never did it we're just yeah, full but, of retcons tonight you guys are making yeah. this shit up no, I, didn't. No. <laughs> I was I'm flying a single pl- uh prop Cessna, uh-huh. and you know, I was I was already doing the, uh, getting ready for the test and you know, the full soloing. So I'm ready. I'm getting close to licensing, and just doing uh, takeoffs and and landings, mm-hmm. just going around the circle. And a plane a little bit bigger than mine uh, did not get clearance and went for the landing, and came over the top of my little Cessna and and put it out of control when I was coming down. Yikes! And so yeah, and that was a. Uh, Ooh, yeah. did, did you end up landing it safely? Yeah. Uh, okay. Thankfully, my uh, instructor is in there with me. Oh, okay. So, you were, so yeah, you I was, s- I, yeah, I was flying the plane, but he was there, you know, okay. observing because I don't have my license yet. Did he take control or were you able to recover? I don't even remember, to tell you oh, the truth. Okay. I, he probably did more than likely. Wow. But uh, what's, what's funny is I completely blanked that this, this happened. For, for the longest time, I thought that I quit doing the flying thing because... I was getting too involved with a lot of theater, and that was more what my focus was. Because that's forward. what you told me, right? I, I, I quit it, and because I'm doing more theater, and I honestly thought that was the reason. I forgot this thing even happened. What reminded you? Um, that when I one time I was talking with my mother and, and said, and said, I really wish you'd have got, gotten back up in the sky after you you had that near miss when you were taking those pilot lessons. I'm like, oh shit, that did happen. Oh. I completely <laughs> forgot. Ladies and gentlemen, 30 years I've known this guy, and this is the first I'm hearing about it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I thought I, he told you that. No, you told me, because that's what you, the, uh-huh. the, the story about, you know, there's just too much going on, because I remember you telling me you were taking lessons, mm-hmm. and that you were about to solo, and then I remember the next time talking to you on the phone, you're like, I didn't do, I didn't solo, I've got too much stuff going on, I'm too involved with theater, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It's probably so, the lie I told everyone and then believed myself. Mm-hmm. Could be. <laughs> You told it so well that you believed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then for years on, that's the story I had going forward. Wow. Until mom unlocked that key in my brain and, and the memories came flooding back. Right. Man. That was very legion of you just now. <laughs> if you've been watching the TV series, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Which is pretty good, by the way, I will say. I'm really intrigued with where they're going. I really want to see that. Yeah, I got to catch up on everything. Go, go to FXX. I think it's FXX.com. No, just FX.com. You can watch the episodes online. Okay. You just ha- the downside is you do have to watch the commercials. You can't fast forward through them, but they're shorter commercials and there's fewer commercial breaks. All right. Sounds good. Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Notice this is in the Weekend Geek column. Yes. Mm-hmm. Has found its captain. Jason Isaacs will be playing Lorca, captain of the USS Discovery. Isaacs is said to have a major role in the 13-episode series alongside Sonequa Martin-Green from The Walking Dead, who plays the show's lead as Discovery's number one, Lieutenant Commander Rainsford. Currently filming, the new Star Trek takes place a decade before the events of Star Trek, the original series, to which it'll have some ties, uh, particularly in the Vulcan form of Spock's dad, Sarek, played by James Frain from the True True Blood and Grimm. Uh, Series is set to premiere now in... uh, Late summer, early fall, as it keeps getting pushed back. It was supposed to have already been on by now. Right. Hmm. But they actually are filming now. The sets are built. I didn't know that was when it was set. That's interesting. I didn't 
I thought it was going to be set after uh, Next Generation. So no, when they first announced it, I was hoping it would be in that more of that era. But whatever, it's still going to be CBS pay streaming thing. I'm still kind of curious. About, of course, I'm curious. Well, no, no, but I'm I'm curious about that. You know, they made this announcement today, but they reiterated that yes, he's the captain of the ship, but he's not the lead. Right. So I t- I found that very intriguing. It's like okay, so he's not the lead of the series, but he's still the captain of a ship is a major role. So I I I'm really interested to see what they're doing with this series because it sounds like it's less ship centric. Like exploration, like with the original series, Next Gen, and so forth, and more set on like some kind of a specific story that they're, you know, I mean, they've, I think they've already mentioned that it's going to be kind of a season long arc. Right. 13 episode mm. arc. Yeah. Uh, and I love Jason Isaacs. I loved him ever since I saw him in The Patriot. Right. Yeah. So, no, he's, he's an excellent actor. And you probably know him as like one of the head Death Eaters of uh, Harry Potter. He's in a later series of that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a good actor. He's usually good at bad guys. Uh, but uh, right. he's, he's got a captainness about him. I'll take that. Okay. So the first, I'm, I'm, now, the first, I'm, now I'm even more intrigued because I like the idea of a Star Trek that doesn't focus on the, the captain, doesn't focus on the leads. I, I kind of want to see a Star Trek that, like, takes place, you know, in the engineering deck. And, now, or, is, I, I don't, is, somebody in my brain is telling me this. this is the Discovery a science ship? Is well, that, have we gotten that they're much? all exloratory ships, so I don't know. Okay, I was, but if I mean I, a science ship in particular. That's for if, some reason my brain was telling me. If that, they that does sound follow established history, there were a series of five-year missions. Like, they sent several different ships on five-year missions before the Constitution class. Uh, or I should say, sorry, the Constitution class was around for a while when Kirk takes over, because I think the ship is... Is it 10 years or 15 years old? Yeah, there were two. Uh, yeah. It's 15 because yeah. there were two with Pike and one with April. Yes. And April, Robert April was the first commander of the Enterprise, and then Pike took over from him. And then, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is 15 years. So they have established that these types of missions have been out there for a while, and you have some vessels that are far more science based and some that are more like heavy cruiser that like the enterprise that is does both the science as well as being durable enough to withstand you know meeting that unknown that is a little hostile or you know maybe misinterprets you know what they're doing so yeah i i it i'm i'm curious to see that as well i'm not under did did you say that the lieutenant commander is playing number one she's number one yes but that's that. That's uh, Sequina Martin Green. Shouldn't a number one be a commander, a lieutenant commander Rainsford? Right, but a, a full fledged commander should be number one. That's what it's saying. Um, Maybe it's a smaller ship, so they have a different setup. Well, here's the but thing: if they've got a captain, they would have a commander. In, in I don't know. from what I've gathered from some of my military friends, you can have an executive officer that is varying ranks below captain. So you could have a lieutenant commander be a executive officer so that uh-huh. would they still would be the first officer so i th- i think at least in our current navy that rank is i you know maybe there's a listener out there that can tell better than i am because i don't know for sure this is just what i've gleaned from listening to conversations so you know 
And and like when I took All the right. uh, the tour of the uh, the USS Midway down in um, in San Diego, I remember one of the executive officers' name tags that they had on that when they were showing the different officers' quarters was something like a lieutenant commander or All right. or so. Okay. So I don't know. Throw it out to the chalk monkeys again. Yeah, that's perhaps, two for the chalk monkeys. Perhaps there is somebody <laughs> out there that knows and about X twenty three and and the command line of Navy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and and also just Star Trek it's somewhat it's loosely based on naval ranks. It does not exactly sure. follow. So they it could also be that they sure, just Sure, but just decided, based on Trek's yeah. you know past established or, history or future. Um, well, wait, wasn't Spock lieutenant commander in no. some of the episodes of the original no. series? He's a commander. Okay. He's the only full double braid okay. on the ship. Bones, Scotty, those guys are lieutenant commanders. Right, Sulu Uhura are lieutenants. Right, uh, and uh, it it just I mean it's it's odd to me that the 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 number two rank on the ship would not be the number two rank in the hierarchy. Now on subs and stuff you can have that because like submarines and other ships, the skipper was not necessarily a captain. Commanders were usually in charge of subs. But they sit here and call Jason Isaacs the captain. So unless he is commander, um, and because the Discovery is a science ship as opposed to a full-blown starship, maybe it's something like that. But otherwise, it does not it make any he's sense. Lorca, captain of the USS Discovery. Yeah. See, no. Yeah. The XO is is generally. I, I know what. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Right. We'll find out. Yeah. In its first two days of sale, the Nintendo Switch outsold the launch of the Nintendo Wii in the Americas, showing that the Nintendo Switch is off to a better start than the failed Wii U system. It also means that those who didn't have a Nintendo Switch, who who don't have one, could be in a long wait, as the Nintendo Wii was constantly sold out of stock from its launch in November till around March of the following year. Adding to that, the Nintendo Switch launched outside of the holiday season, where the Wii launched around a month before Christmas. With uh, Mario slated for a holiday release, it'll be uh, interesting to see if Nintendo will have enough Switch consoles ready by the holidays for the second rush for the console. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, 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 I think I'm where I'm at, I'm happy with the consoles I have. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not ready to buy one yet. I, I would like to see what occurs with it in the next few months. No, I'm still because getting plenty of out of my Dreamcast, so I'm good. There's, well, I mean, I, I, there have been a couple people posted on the Shock Monkeys layers, and they're happy with their, their purchase. But uh, I, you know, I'm kind of taking a wait-and-see approach, partly because I'm not going to stress myself out trying to find a console right now. I've walked by the electronics section in a couple places and just curiosity to see if they had any in stock. And if they did not, um, I did look in the accessories areas to kind of see, you know, what games and what accessories they had available. And there were no games anywhere to be found. So either Hmm. completely sold out or just none available. There are plenty of uh, Switch controllers available for purchase. So Frankly, till I, I read the story, I forgot the Switch was coming out. Yeah, it just is not on my radar. Yeah. Well, I just happened. To, I I stopped in Best Buy for something last uh, How last week, and uh, 
there were people lined up outside and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And I walked inside oh. and I saw the sign there and I was like, oh, that launches tonight at midnight. Okay. How big was the line? It When I was there, granted, I was it was about seven o'clock at night, so still For early. For a midnight launch? There were about 10 people in line. Okay. Mm. So, and I was, you know. And they I, probably had seven switches. Eh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been my luck. I've been waiting in line. It's like the person in front of me gets the last one. Oh. The person in front of you buys the last two. Oh. I think they were limited to one per person, if I remember correctly, it said on the sign. Except for the guy in front of you. Yeah. Amazon's next pilot season debuts on March 17th. And two of their projects should be of particular interest to sci-fi fans. Uh, you know what? Uh, we have an odd number here. Oh. So uh, let's do a little uh, impromptu red light, green light for these two. Woo-hoo. All right? These are the two things coming out, what, in a week All right. for the pilot mm-hmm. season. Now, again, sure. how the pilot season works for Amazon. Yes. Uh, they put a whole bunch of pilots out there, and they keep the ones they get the most response from. So... If these sound like uh, your kind of thing, jump on Amazon, watch the pilot. If you like them, let them know. They'll make a series out of it. Fair enough. The first is a high-concept space colony drama called Oasis, which stars Game of Thrones alum Richard Madden as a chaplain sent to help establish a new human colony on an alien planet. Once there, he finds something that will test not only his faith, but, quote, life as we know it, unquote. The series is based on the acclaimed novel The Book of Strange New Things by Michael Faber. Much like the Battlestar Galactica before it, Oasis looks to take an interesting angle on the intersection of science fiction and religion. Hmm. No. Red light. <clears throat> yeah, that is... I don't want to explore I've, religion I've, in my science yes, fiction. Yes, I've had enough of the religion and sci-fi crossover stuff. I don't have a problem with that. I just, I don't generally tend to not like where they go with it. And it, yeah, me it too. doesn't, it, it doesn't excite me or interest me. So there's nothing about that that grabs me. All right. Red light across the board. Boom. Let's, down. Let's see how the second one goes. The half hour dark comedy, Legend of Master Legend. Okay. Is another right. project Green with potential. Light. The pilot focuses on a man named Frank LaFont, who patrols the streets of Las Vegas as the homemade superhero Master Legend. Think of it as kick-ass with a grown-up, as LaFont tries to balance the challenges of his real life with his super mission. Yeah, okay. I agree with that sucker. I want to see it. Sounds Sounds like it could be fun fun. if it's done well. (laughs) Uh, I'll give it a green line. I'll give it a green line. I can't wait to see more of L.A. as Vegas. That'd be fun. they, They cross over street. Vigilante costume justice with religion. I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, these drop March seventeenth, uh, and they'll Amazon will pick up whichever one gets the best feedback. So, well, I won't be watching them. I have to say, the colony kind. I'm I'm curious as where that's they're gonna go with that one. I'll be too busy watching. I'm Iron the Fist. only I'm the only one in this room that's going like, yeah, I think I want to see that one. See now, I have but to I, watch but it. But I like and see when religion right. and sci-fi crosses. I like to see how that bounces. But then again, I never finished Galactica, so what do I know? Mm. Disney continues to mine its 2012 acquisition of Marvel and a new e-ticket ride based on director Peyton Reed's Ant-Man is quietly being developed for a theme park attraction for its Hong Kong Disneyland. 
Since it takes years for these things to materialize, Imagineers are already hard at work designing components and sequences for the ride. And a peek at the concept art, with Ant-Man apparently battling a killer swarm of robotic drones and guests joining in on the targeting fun, uh, was in the LA Times this week. Couldn't they just reskin the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride? That's not, not really, really a ride. ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They, they could, uh, they could reskin uh, A Bug's Life and okay. probably make it. It's due to replace Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters in Tomorrowland Park, which if for the interactive yeah. shooting thing, that makes sense. Huh. Uh, this could harken back to the classic Monsanto's Adventure Through Inner Space ride that Disneyland had in the late 60s and 70s. Where guests boarded an atom mobile to journey deep into the mighty microscope and began shrinking down to the size of a molecule. Uh, with the Iron Man Experience Simulator flying at Hong Kong Disneyland and Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout prying for launch in May, uh, where the old Tower of Terror was at California Adventure, this new Ant Man attraction fits into the scheme of things as Imagineers keep finding ways to bring Marvel to the parks. So, hmm. the Monsanto's journey. Uh, into inner space or whatever it's called. That is a ride that I would really like to go back in time and ride. Really? Yeah. It's it, it seemed like a, just a really cool idea of how they just kept making it seem like you were shrinking down further and further and further. Uh, AKA the incredible shrinking man oh, okay. kind of thing where you just you're getting way too small. And apparently there's this like really cool creepy moment where you looked up into like the lens of the microscope and saw this gigantic eye looking mm-hmm. back at you and this, so. then you never got to go on it because it would disappeared before you were going yeah it was late thing. 70s when that thing went away so yeah it was gone by the time i was really old enough to care about disneyland i think or at least you know interesting yeah. sentence there yeah gone before i was old enough to really care about disneyland yeah i think i had a book of disneyland when i was like five and that's be about the time it went away hmm Some casting news from the still untitled X-Men TV show. Amy Acker uh, from Angel, Dollhouse, Person of Interest. And Thrilling Adventure Hour. Ah, yes. Has been cast as the lead role of Kate Stewart, a woman who's, quote, struggling with her separation from her husband, Reed, that is True Blood's Stephen Moyer, and her increasingly challenging teenage children when her family situation takes a dark turn she finds that she's stronger than she thinks, unquote. Also, Emma Dumont from Pretty Little Liars and Bunheads will play the role of Lorna Dane, a.k.a. Polaris, hmm. a, quote, strong-willed, brave, and loyal mutant who has the ability to manipulate magnetism, unquote. This will be the first ever live appearance of the Mistress of Magnetism. In the pages of Marvel Comics, Polaris was also the longtime love interest of Alex Summers slash Havoc, who was played by Lucas Till in the recent X-Men films. Also cast is Percy Hines White, who was in 112363 as Andy, a sensitive kid, a bit of a loner who keeps to himself to avoid the turmoil he faces at school and home, unquote. The show is written by Matt Nix, who's behind Burn Notice. Right. Uh, the untitled Fox Marvel Project, as it's still kind of called because there's no name, follows two ordinary parents who find their kids are mutants, forcing them to go on the run from a hostile government, joining up with an underground network of mutants and family the family must fight to survive. Nix will also executive produce. Greenlight. <laughs> <laughs> the Sydney Morning Herald recently chatted with Ridley Scott on his R-rated sci-fi horror film in Australia where Covenant was shot. 
And the filmmaker announced that the screenplay for the next Alien movie is done. Of course it is. And polished. And that filming could begin sometime in 2018. Quote, you've got to assume a certain extent success. And uh, from that, you'd better be ready, said Scott. You don't want to go, you don't want a two-year gap, so I'll be ready to go again next year, unquote. Scott has planned Covenant as the first chapter of a potential trilogy that could forge a trail to the doomed events of the Nostromo uh, crew of the original Alien from 1979. And here's the the kicker. Quote, if you really want a franchise, I can keep cranking it for another six, he declared. I'm not going to close it down again. No way. Oh, wow. I see the Alien films the same way I see the Terminator films. The first two are good. The rest of them are crap. That's yeah. that's pretty much my opinion. Mm. So is the third one the one in prison or is that yes. the yeah the space prison? The yeah. third one yeah, I first two are great. Really, really did not like, and uh, the fourth one was okay. Was it Resur- right. resurrection? It, it, I think okay is, is yeah. yeah. That's the best you can give it. So I am all for Ridley Scott going forward on whatever his plan is for this. Not saying it's going to be great, but I welcome the change from what we've had. I mean, you know, we have Prometheus to go on so far. Mm. So, but this seems to be more of an alien reboot versus Prometheus. Prometheus alien was almost like an afterthought to it. Yeah. Prometheus, I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. It's kind of like, it was like, it had some dumb moments, but I enjoyed the movie. (laughs) God, it kept me. It kept me on board, and I'd, I'd watch it again. I own it. It's good. Yeah, Prometheus. The, talking about dumb moments, one of the things I hate in film is that whole towers falling towards me aspect, where like everybody's always trying to outrun whatever it is that's falling towards them, and not once does anybody ever do the smart thing and run sideways. Sure, but but so, uh, so that's I, the that's, argument. I guess could sure. be made that you know, in a moment of yes, panic, right. you Don't think rationally, and I get that, but. It's such an old movie trope that has gone on for far too long and I think needs to be eliminated. And it was there was that moment in Prometheus for me and I'm just like, why do we have to do this again in another movie? Anyway, that's just one of my things, one of my pet peeves. What's one of your things? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Wow. That just went by like that. It did. That's what we zoom. Did. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Wow. Wow. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. And we'll be back next week. Again. Yeah. Ah, so who wants to take a plane ride with me? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> me and Harrison, we're going to take that ride. Well, you know, there are plenty of golf courses here in Vegas. So. That's true. See, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll land you right. Yeah, last Man. plane I until flew was Ford a Ford comes over top of me and I lose all control. Maybe it was Ford. That could Maybe been. that was oh. <laughs> See, I too have met Ford in the place. That's there why you, you know. blanked it because you knew it was him. <laughs> well, I didn't meet him. I was just saying my dad. And I couldn't and... accept the betrayal. Right, <laughs> betrayal. <laughs> I did fly uh, last back home. Uh, dad put me in the simulator, and I actually did pretty well, which I surprised because I haven't touched controls of a uh, simulator. In I mean, this is a true ten years. flight simulator. Yeah, yeah. Every, oh, yeah. everything no. is there. No, this is this is yeah, this is an actual functioning flight simulator this is not like your computer flight simulator this is exact duplicate of the cockpit you know real visuals I does mean, it have any hydraulics to yes move it? absolutely oh. so this is a full-on wow. simulator my dad teaches in and i got to got to go hands-on the controls there and it's a go upside down well. 
Yeah. It does not go upside down. Damn. There are a few simulators that do have the full 360 movement. Mm-hmm. They're very, 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 very expensive. So most of them only have, um, I think they, the farthest, like the, that one of the ones my dad works on, uh, tilts is, is it 50 degrees? Mm, like that's, afterburner that's machines back yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. So, Good I mean, Lord. it's, yeah. You know, because most of the time you're not going to bank any harder than 45 degrees. You go more than that. You yeah, know, yeah. You're talking like fighter simulator, yeah, and silly. even those don't. And then move it's that just much. getting silly. At yeah. the end of the arcade age, did anybody play that uh, flight simulator that a friend uh, of mine did? That he did go upside down. Yeah, yeah, that was a hell of oh, a Luxor. The one of the Luxor. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Um, I think I did. I, I think you and I went up there once. Yeah. Towards the end, and you know what? It was I, expensive, but yeah. it was cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I ever did because it was expensive, and there was always a line when I was there. Always. You know that that was the last time that I saw the Tommy pinball machine mm. based yeah. on the Broadway show Tommy, which I, I always loved the Tommy Broadway show. I got to be in it once. I got to play Cousin Kevin. One of the, my wow. favorite roles of all time. I well, yeah, it's because the other pinball machine out there is the They got the, the Captain movie. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. Uh, Movie-based. But I think- I always, I'm always crossing my fingers that one of those machines will find its way into the Pinball Hall of Fame here in Vegas. And that it'll I, be available for sale and, and you'll buy it? I, yeah, right. I'm not going to buy a pinball <laughs> machine. I have no room for a pinball machine. I want to play it again. Yeah, I just want to play it because, yeah. I just want to stop you before. You're like, we don't have room for that, and buy something. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Although we still have the uh, the the Ms. Pac-Man in storage. Yes, we do. Sit down, Ms. Pac-Man is mine, but it's in storage, and it's a little you know, it's a little coffee table machine. Wow. And yeah, I don't have room for that. No. Although uh, I we could put it behind the sofa. Could replace this coffee table. That thing is one of the reasons that thing is so loud. Oh yeah, that is the, the loudest machine. It's what well, if you turn that on, you can do nothing else in this in this condo at all. Is, is and it's an weird because there's supposed to be like a there's supposed to be a little uh, pedo switch in there that you could turn that volume down. It probably on. is, and I just haven't found it. Hmm. But whatever it is, it's cranked up to eleven. Mm. It, it moves and grooves. It is loud. I remember his dad turned it on for me one time to play, and I was playing, and I felt so horrible because I'm sitting there going, I'm like, they have to be hearing this in the next room and just, you know. Close door after yeah. door, and you can still hear it on the wow. other side of the house. Yeah. But it was so nice of him to turn that on for me, and I was just like, I'm, all, I'm done. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm very excited. I just today arrived my book, The Art of Atari. Oh, yeah. It's nice. It is a coffee table book that. Uh, just shows all the Atari games. We know they, especially today standards look like crap. They were right. awesome at the time, but what really, really sold those games is those cartridges yeah. had this full painted artwork on the front. They hired amazing artists for that. Uh, just, yeah. Get, if you have a chance to see the book, definitely see it. And it, it strikes it's amazing. your imagination. I don't know if it's still on sale. I bought it at Amazon for 20 bucks. Nice. So it's so if you've got the money to spend, I highly recommend. And it's not like a twenty buck uh, paperback. This is a full hardbound edition. Yeah, yeah this is one of those coffee ta- table coffee books, tables, the big yeah. ones. It's it's beautiful. Wow. It's a full art book. Beautiful. So That's Art of nice. Atari by Tim Lapet. L a p e t i n o. Oh, good. I was afraid we we're gonna get through the episode that would not be able to pronounce the name. <laughs> no, 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 no. Aha! Yeah. Uh-huh. We have a That's graveyard of murdered names <laughs> from you. Yeah, really. It <laughs> is good. No one escapes my wrath. You know, I did um, uh, this really cheap simulator thing when I was a kid. It was so cheap. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a simulator. 
you just went up in a plane. And they smeared the windows with Vaseline to give it this hazy look so it was like a simulator. And it was really realistic. Where the hell are you going with this? <laughs> I don't think that was a, a simulator, Kirsten. I think you have some blocked memories from your childhood you need to deal it with. It was you who came over the top of my plane. <laughs>